Welcome to Marvel Studios News. My name is Sean Gerber. This is episode 64 of our show, and we are taking a slight detour from our Road to Infinity War, although I think this really still counts as the Road to Infinity War. So we're not talking about Winter Soldier in this episode. That episode is coming up. For this episode, we actually have an interview with Anthony Francisco, and that's probably a name that some of you are familiar with if you don't know who that is. Uh, Anthony Francisco is a concept artist within Marvel Studios' visual development department. So Marvel Studios' visual development department, they're the ones creating the art, they're designing the characters, and also doing keyframes, which are setting up some of the big shots, the big moments uh, within these Marvel movies. Anthony's art is amazing. It's always impressed me when I buy these art of books, and I've been had I've been fortunate enough to get to know him just a little bit uh, as I've just gone into signings for these books, so that he could just sign my book and I could just fanboy out. So uh, I recently sat down with Anthony, who actually designed most recently for Black Panther, at least most recently in terms of what we've seen in theaters. Uh, he designed the look of the Dora Milaje for Denai Guerrera and Florence Kasumba and the other actresses who were playing the Dora in Marvel Studios' Black Panther. So what you see there for Okoye and Ayo and everybody else, that was Anthony's design. That was then taken by costume designer uh, Ruth E. Carter and director Ryan Coogler and brought to life, brought on to put on the big screen for all of us to see. So in this conversation, you'll hear Anthony talk about designing the Dora Milaje, his influences, also working in conjunction with Marvel Studios' head of visual development, Ryan Minerding, and director Ryan Coogler as they were creating this look. And then you'll also hear Anthony talk about some of the other work that he's done with Marvel Studios. And if you've ever just been curious about what the day-to-day life is like as you're working as a concept artist for Marvel, you get some insight into that and just some overall thoughts on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So there were lots of topics that we got into, and hopefully you will enjoy that conversation. And before we begin the show... Just want to let you know where you can keep up with Marvel Studios News. You can do that at marvelstudiosnews.com, where you'll see an article about this interview that we have with Anthony Francisco today, and also tons of coverage with regard to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can find us on Facebook at Marvel Studios News and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. And if you want even more of this show, if you really like it, and hopefully have left us a rating and review on iTunes if you're over there, Um, but if you want just more content from Marvel Studios News, more audio content, you can do that by becoming one of our patrons over at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News, where you can sign up for different tiers that give you exclusive content, whether that's extensions of our main episodes or entire episodes that are exclusive to Patreon, Q&A episodes, all of those things. You can find out all of that information at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. So without further ado, here's our conversation with Anthony Francisco. Working in the Marvel Studios Visual Development Department, you're a concept artist, yes? Yes. Which I already know, but for, <laughs> for everybody listening. Visual what? Visual Development Concept Illustrator. Okay. I think that's the full title. I was going to say, you need to have a fancier title. You can't just say concept artist. Like, yeah. A card has to have more words on that. <laughs> so it's pretty self-explanatory, but for anybody who might not know, what what is your job at Marvel Studios? Okay, so at Marvel Studios, in the visual development team, um, our job is to design the costumes of the heroes and villains of the MCU Mm -hmm. and try to make sure we, um, uh, like, 
give the highest level of design we can give while keeping true to the comic book characters Marvel Universe. And so the biggest thing going right now for Marvel Studios is obviously Black Panther. It's blowing up at the box office. Like, it's huge. As you and I are talking, it's probably gone over $900 million by now. It hasn't even opened in China yet, so it's going to go well over a billion. So when you see that, uh, when you see these Marvel movies turn into such huge successes, how does that feel to know that you're part of it? It's it's an awesome feeling. I guess it even hits me even more because since I was five, I've been into Marvel uh, characters, Incredible Hulk, the X-Men, and when I was sixth grade, I started collecting comic books, and mm-hmm. it's mostly Marvel. And uh, and to be working in film, because, you know, when you're younger, it's like, why don't they make movies of these? And you realize right. maybe they weren't capable they of can't. special <laughs> effects. Yeah. And then now we could actually do it. So it's like, wow, uh, it's an un- unbelievable feeling. So, you know, being a Marvel fan, so young being a Marvel fan since you were so young um, of course I was too but I'm not the one working on these movies so I've I've always been curious because you're working on these movies in your your department the visual development department years before they come out like the first time like when do you remember when you first got to work on Black Panther so the movie just hit theaters a few weeks ago when did you first start working on it actually I I try to remember I was I was on Infinity War. I was in another project. I'm not sure exactly which one it was, but I am so happy that it was a little low. And then Ryan needed some people, so then I got put on there. Uh, Maybe it was after uh, Ragnarok, I think. And then I got put on there. I didn't get to do any keyframes because I I got focused on Dora Milaje. Mm -hmm. Milaje? Dora Milaje. Dora Milaje. You got it. Dora Milaje. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that one, me and uh, Carlo Ortiz who you know that I know of were working on that mm-hmm. and um yeah so I didn't I didn't start working on it too too early on it, yeah. um, Jackson Zay was the one he oh, okay. like 6 years ago or something right. he started working on the on the city so and I'm, I'm sure you have films like that that maybe oh, yeah, you know yeah, Black yeah. Panther you came in maybe a little bit later in the process yeah. but normally like if you work on Ragnarok like you're yeah. working like at least 2 year, year, you know, two years a year before. 2 years before so um, what may, what I'm really curious about is how that impacts your experience as a fan. Because you said it yourself. As a fan. You grew up a fan with this stuff. And when I watch these movies, it's different. Because yeah. I get to watch it not knowing a whole lot. I mean, you know some things because you yeah. get trailers and stuff comes out and whatever. But you have a much bigger sense of actually what's going to happen in the film, what things are yeah. going to look like. So do you ever... like? Is there a way for you to still try and experience these movies as a fan, or are you still just looking at this thing that you as something you worked on? I I do. It's hard to explain. I guess the story stuff it allows spoilers. Of course, I don't know. Um, there's no way I could avoid that unless right. I'm not working on the project and we try to avoid as much as possible. But when you start talking with the guys and. <laughs> I, yeah, because even if it's a film you're not working on, like you're yeah. still at the same like lunch table with the yeah, guys. Yeah, <laughs> they have on the a problem. Movie. Like they're talking about like a design thing they have to to work out, and and you'd ask a question, you go, "Why? Why do you have to do?" That? And then they tell you the uh, answer, and like, "Oh no, I wish I didn't." Do answer. you guys have like a code of conduct for like how you're supposed to ask for stuff, and like how no. much people like can't re- like <laughs> can't, like don't tell me this? Everybody has to suffer. No, I'm just <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's it's you're always aware of the stuff going on. You know, sometimes in sometimes with some scripts I read the first draft mm-hmm. and it gets so busy that I don't get to read all of it. So sometimes that helps. Okay. So when you actually watch it, then you don't know 
what the order is sometimes. Right. So it's still it's still exciting. Um, it's it's and and to see it uh, execute on screen and that's still a mm-hmm. big uh, good feeling to see it happen like that. Now, yeah. one of the things specifically that you designed, as you mentioned uh, a couple minutes before, is the Dora Milaje in yeah. Black Panther. So how did you get brought into the Dora Milaje? Because I know, obviously, Ruth Carter is the costume designer who did yeah. a phenomenal job on the film, but the Dora Milaje was, was started in the VizDev department. So what was that conversation like when you got brought into to the Dora, and what were some of your influences as you were designing that look? Yeah. Which, which everybody yeah. loves, by the way. Yeah, so happy grateful that it's it's a big uh um uh what's the word i'm looking for big uh, it's well received i guess that's what i'm yes. saying more well received than i expected and mm-hmm. they actually like notice the design and co co-concept artists that i've you know known for a while they they all like it and and comment on the design which is which makes me really happy about that because i put a lot of effort in trying to design a very strong uh, woman warrior and making making sure she's sexy but still um, just fierce and and um, and not overly that kind of scantily clad because right. that's what we like, wanted to avoid like functional yeah functional and she's a warrior mm-hmm. um, there's even a part where I remember we were doing the scarification because they're warriors mm-hmm. and certain type of scarification the shoulders and sometimes when I do design, I think about um, budget of how they could make it. So you can have an expensive design, you have a design where it's cheaper, mm. and sometimes you have design where you, uh, you, you, you are thoughtful to how they apply stuff on top. So if they had, she had, would have all the scarification on their arms and stuff, mm. that would be like ours in yeah. the makeup table. So I was thinking, what if I could do something like that but have it on a sleeve? So that was one of the ideas uh, to, to make the sleeve, uh, a sleeve with um, with the uh, the markings on the sleeve. But then little by little, it turned into a sleeve with uh, um, like um, weaving mm-hmm. and then and then more of um, like African, what's uh, it called? Maasai, Maasai tribe. Okay. So influence, I, I, I do say a lot, it's Maasai is the main influence, 80% of that. And some um, of the Nabili, Nabili tribe or the Nek. And I even looked at uh, a Malaysian or Borneo uh, tribes where, you know, those women with the long right. neck rings. Mm-hmm. Uh, those were some of these. Of course, that's not practical to use right. the long neck rings, but it started off from there. And some, of course, Filipino tribe. Right, tribal, and there's uh, some so. function to it. I mean, obviously, if you're a warrior, protecting your neck is pretty important. So yeah. it, do- it doesn't look like it's there just as dec- as decoration yeah. in the door costume. Like it is, it's kind of like that part where Nakia doesn't want to put on her Dora suit or whatever, oh, and yeah, Shuri's yeah. like, just put it on its armor. Well, it's kind of like that. I mean, it's there. It does serve a function, even though yeah, it also has a, a cultural influence. Um, yeah. And the lo- uh, the the ranking also mm-hmm. that that. Is in all cultures they have something like that, you know, or depending on what you wear is your rank in society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm wondering like what's the process as you go from because I know another part of what you guys do in the visual development process is it's not just about the theoretical design as you mentioned before. Like you guys have to keep in mind the final practical application yes, of this. Yeah. So 
how much are you, how much feedback are you getting from on the on a movie like Black Panther? How much feedback are you getting from Ryan Coogler, the director, or Ruth Carter, the costume designer, in terms of that back and forth of, before you ultimately settle on a final approved design? For this, uh, the fortunate the the cool thing about working at Visual Development, we get to work on some of the projects before um, the the cast or most of the crew is even mm-hmm. um, on board, and um, and the script. Are, is even still being developed because um, we already have the characters from the comic books and uh, those are uh, Ryan would come in and give reference Ryan Miner then would come in and give reference on that and um, like the Dormelage there's a couple of comic book pages we could look at of course we could search our own references on online and stuff and uh, for this uh, Dormelage it was really awesome because what's cool about Ryan is he trusts his uh, teammates to Mm-hmm. deliver on the design and he gives you enough time to uh work on it and um for this one he he uh, he allowed me to go mm-hmm. uh the direction i was trying to pitch uh he and uh w- i met i i did meet ryan coogler uh a little later and he explained he also explained what he wanted but again ryan was mainly re- relaying all mm-hmm. the information he's gotten from the meetings they have uh, and then, but talking to Ryan Coogler, it's also good, um, like an energy boost. Yeah. You know, so, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it for this guy. And he's a cool guy. And I want to. Yeah, he's really do, cool. <laughs> yeah, do my best for him. And, uh, and, and plus, it's, it was very important to me because it's my first female character I was doing. And I wanted mm. to do a really good job on it. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, so pretty much, pretty much, I could say it's it's mostly me. I I yeah. did, <laughs> I did it all, all on my own. And, and then uh, from there, after I do the first pitch, then then the discussion opens, and then there's changes, and then there's right. little things that they could add on. So, yeah, overall, that's that's kind of like the process. So it comes back to me, and I change this stuff. Okay, let's try red. Let's try mm-hmm. this. Let's try more uh, African uh, um, patterns and. Even more tribal, and I had uh, versions of that uh, with even with white striping uh, and and more multicolored. So mm. I also had versions of that, and they ended up uh, landing on my initial yellow and uh, you know feeling like lionesses right. hunting. And then the red, uh, I had some versions of the red, but then they eventually decided, okay, red for Nakia and the rest of the Dormelage. I'm just wondering if you saw the uh, pictures of the little girls that went viral wearing the little Dora Milaje yes. costumes. So oh, ha- man. So that's got to be a really special feeling. I mean, seeing things on screen oh, is one thing, but then seeing it actually transcend the screen and into just people's actu- real people's actual lives yeah. and the way it inspires them. How does that feel, even just seeing that? It, it feels great. People, you know, multiple people sent me the video and say hey look at your stuff it's iconic it's it's cosplay already right and yeah that that feels really good it, was, it felt like a big accomplishment for me that I, I got to design something that that hopefully will keep on going be classic you know well, I think it's going to keep on going because Okoye became a very popular character in the film. Denai Guerrero did yeah, an unbelievable job, job in yeah. her performance. So, and I mean, Okoye already feels like a bigger deal in the MCU than yeah. she ever was in the comics because there she is in the Avengers Infinity War trailer, 
running right alongside yeah. Captain America and Black Panther and Hulk and Black That's Widow. Okoye, right? Okoye yeah. was running, yeah. Yeah, so Okoye's right there. So that character, and obviously as in representing the Dora Milaje, has really taken off. Yeah. I was happy to see that, too, when I saw her running. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, she's in there. You know, Black Panther wasn't out yet when they had the trailer. Right. Out. It's like, wow. That's another going to be another big crazy yeah. show. I can't wait for to see it because <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Oh, you don't know what's going on with no. Infinity War? No, of course no. not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I th- I think it's uh, interesting to see you know the the response to Black Panther and how much people are enjoying it. Um, yeah. Do you have? Are there any other things you've seen out there besides you know the, obviously those girls at the door Milaje are amazing. Any other any other fan things that you've seen that have really uh, impressed you or that have really made an impression? Yeah, there's um the dan well I don't think they, they weren't wearing Dora Milaje outfits, but uh, just the just the reaction of the moviegoers, mm-hmm. the dancing and the mm-hmm. the one video I think that I remember was when a bunch of kids this classroom of kids were told they were gonna watch Black oh, Panther. Oh yes, yeah, yes. And they all just started dancing like <laughs> man, that's awesome. What was the feeling? I, I'm wondering what that felt like within Marvel Studios. Because, I mean, I know you guys are working on cool stuff every single yeah. day. You know, you're working with some of the greatest, most iconic characters and stories that have ever been told. But then you have a movie like Black Panther that that really serves an audience that for a long time has been underserved, uh-huh. especially in movies on this scale. Yeah. And you see the way people have reacted to it. Again, as you mentioned before, just kids who are up standing up on chairs and desks yeah. like dancing be- just because they're going to get to see the movie. Yeah. So do you was there ever any sense of that as you guys were all working on this at at Marvel of just how special this was going to be and how much it was going to mean to everybody? I think I think maybe that's why I worked on that design as hard as, you know, put a lot of energy into it cuz it felt like it was going to be an important film. Mm-hmm. And um first time I watched it I you know I really liked it a lot, but I was more like also still critiquing my own work and uh-huh. how you know this could be better and that. Uh, overall, it's 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 amazing. But the second time I watched it, I think it was more emotional for me because then I could just focus on on not the craft anymore, just the storytelling mm-hmm. and everything. And and man, it it reflects a lot of uh, social um, like you know life and and community and how to go about you know bringing uh like like kindness in the world and there's yeah. two ways of doing things you know this could be the bad way this could be so much symbolism in the movie it, it even gets deeper when you know i feel like this is the kind of movie when you watch that you, it gets better as Absolutely. you watch it you know and but again we didn't expect it would do this much in the box office it's right. like exceeded expectations um well yeah nobody could expect you know if you put these kinds of expectations on a movie it's almost not fair you know, yeah yeah you can't count on you just can't there's no formula for making something like this yeah happen. like this is just a special but you know kevin feige kevin yeah. feige is like the midas touch i don't know <laughs> he's just every movie and even though it's yeah. not out yet we're like looking at it we're like oh my God, do we have another hit? Okay, I'm being cocky now. <laughs> but, but well, you're, you're not being cocky because you're talking about what somebody else is doing. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, wow, this is just the way they choose stuff. And um, and I don't know if we have much to do about sometimes uh, suggesting, you know, certain actors maybe mm-hmm. or 
or most of the time they have someone in mind but sometimes we paint in people we have in mind uh-huh. um, and sometimes it coincides right you know like Doctor Strange everyone I think everyone thought Cumberbatch would be great be the guy yeah be the guy he would be the guy <laughs> and uh, uh, well I don't know if it's out uh, but uh, uh, he didn't come he, had, he was busy or something like that yeah he had yeah. the the story was that uh he and don't worry, Kevin Feige said this publicly, okay, so yes, you're not in yeah, trouble. No, I'm just making so sure. So the story was anything. that he was the guy. He was the guy that they wanted, and then and every and he was interested, but then he yeah. had his run of Hamlet that yes, he was doing, that's the one, and that yeah. was going to be the scheduling issue. And so temporarily, they thought they were going to have to go away from him and look at yeah. other people. But then ultimately, uh, I think Scott Derrickson, the director, was just like, "It's got to be." It's got to be Benedict. Yeah, like, no matter yeah. who they went to, they're just like it wasn't feeling right, and they just had to go back to Benedict. So they just reworked the schedule for the movie so that he could be a part of it. Yeah, and Chiwetel, and those two are Academy Award winners. And like, yes. man, how how lucky can you get? Well, I don't think the... Benedict has an Oscar yet, but oh, I, he he will didn't, eventually. Didn't he? Oh, maybe just the movie one for uh, was it the something game? The World oh, War Intimidation Game. Yeah, I don't it's think he didn't win for it, but he was nominated no, for it. He was nominated yeah. for it. Well, yeah. it's, it's only a matter of time before Benedict Cumberbatch wins an Oscar, yeah. I'm sure. Everybody loves him. So yeah. I think another part that uh, that people are probably interested to know, though, is like what is the what's the day-to-day process in terms of being, a vi- being in this visual development team? Because we see the finished product. Like yeah. we get, you know, you know, because he – we've met through all the art of book signings yeah, yeah. So, as I'm always yeah. showing up to get my book signed and I have my black Panther book for you to sign too. But um, yeah. like the um, I'm curious as to, cause we see the finished product, but I don't think people truly get a sense of how long that takes. You know, your work day is not just like churn out a thousand images. You have, you know, yeah. it takes time to actually do something when you have an assignment. Yeah. Sometimes uh, the research part takes a while, you know, cause you, you have to get the right inspiration and the right feeling and sometimes the script changes from being <laughs> script changes right. happen I was about to say something but uh, um, yeah uh, and, and well, I think you could probably summarize that as sometimes I, I bet some of these movies the type of movie that it's going to be yes, like the tone of the movie can the change the tone of the movie can change exactly and then your your tone will your your feeling has to change and you have it's either, you know, sometimes you look for the right music just to get your mindset and you kind of uh, do a bunch of sketches going a certain direction. Now you have to try a different direction. Yeah. And uh, sometimes it takes really long. And some days, but some days you're on. You're just on all day. You're just painting all day. No breaks. Sometimes, you, don't, you know, I don't even feel like eating. I just <laughs> keep on going, you know, which is probably bad for my health. And all of us, all of us just are so into our work. It's not work, right? You just... Mm-hmm have all these characters all these things you could put down uh, designs you could try and it just it, it's just like going to play every day so as you're going to work every day and you're like working with these characters you know you've mentioned obviously being a fan and how it's some a lot of times it doesn't feel like work like you're yeah. just in the zone and you're just in the marvel universe and having a blast with it so is any part of that like reminiscent of like being a kid where either you were just diving through all of your comic books or you had like all your action figures spread out over the floor like is that kind of that's what going exact, to work that's is that's how it feels like <laughs> yeah like you have your action figures on the floor or like the, it's it's just up to you the story's yours you yeah. just have to tell it yeah uh, wow yeah it is it, it does feel like that like you're a kid again and 
And of course, I when I was a kid, there's certain characters that I love the most, mm-hmm. and I, ha- I had the Marvel Universe, right? The, mm-hmm. the comic book. Do you remember that where the the cover would be everyone running one direction? Th- those are the old yeah, Marvel yeah, yeah, universes, yeah. and I'd peel out the cover and spread it out, uh-huh. and then you connect all the Marvel uh-huh. universes, yes. and then they're like just running like that, and you see all the characters there. So it's almost like that's in my mind when I draw. I'm like, okay, that's it. That's the character I saw here. <laughs> now I get to draw him and. And uh, since I, uh, they're not like one of my favorite characters before, I, it's like a new thing. It's mm-hmm. like something new every day. You know, every movie there's something like like, <laughs> Captain Marvel, like like um uh, like um Captain Marvel or like mm-hmm. Black Panther, the Infinity War. I never really got to collect the Infinity War, mm-hmm. um, but I just because I don't really read it. Sometimes I just go through the art. <laughs> right. So, but it it reminds me of Secret Wars and. You know, the X Men. Uh, um, there's that big arc uh, w- when they were underground, the Morlocks. And oh stuff. yes, yes. Now on, and you know, now that I don't know when the deal's going to be done with Fox, <laughs> <laughs> what's going to happen to that? It's just that's like, oh my god, I can't wait to have the X Men. If we do, I it, can't even talk. But yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. even know what's going on actually. If, if it happens, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm sure, yeah, you guys probably get told next to nothing about that. Yeah, uh, right nothing. Now. We find out in well, the, in the news sometimes, yeah. and it's still super early right now with, with yeah. that whole yeah, process. So I mean, they have to go through government regulation and like yeah. all this other stuff that has nothing to do with what you guys do. No, yeah. So, you know, one thing I forgot to mention earlier was uh, when we at Marvel, you know, visual development. We do the heroes and and, and villains, right? Mm-hmm. But I forgot to mention we also do keyframes, right? Like key moments in the films that uh, help the writers sometimes and help them visualize how the but world. I think will you be. guys, I think you guys do more than help the writers. I think you help the director, and I think you help the cinematographer. And be, yes, yeah. because one of the things that what's always stood out to me about the concept art for Marvel movies it, it is the keyframes because I've collected books of concept art because especially for superhero movies forever yeah. because it's like the comic book version of the movie like yeah. it's, these are the like the actual graphics that you know the design for the film but it really wasn't until the Marvel Studios movies came out and those art of books with the concept art came out that I actually started seeing stuff that looked so much like what was eventually on screen like yeah. it, there's always there's always been concept art but you cannot but there there was some leap that was always missing like yeah. from the design stage to the final look of the film but there's not nearly as much of a leap from the visual design the visual development of the marvel movies versus what you see on screen so i think what you do ryan and andy and jackson yeah. and the whole team i think what you guys do and here's me just like blowing, no, not just blowing <laughs> smoke, but seriously, like I, I think there's much more of a match between what you guys do and what ultimately ends up in the film. I think you guys make a dramatic difference in, oh, thank in you. these films. I'm glad. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad everything comes together nicely there at Marvel Studios, starting with Kevin Feige being mm-hmm. the head and just uh, trusting us and the Marvel Visual Development team to uh, produce this kind of work, you know, and and uh, you know. Ryan Meyerding, pretty much his yeah. keyframes. Uh, I, I would say the same thing when I would watch like a Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and like Cap- uh, Captain America. Yeah, it, it's like the lighting, the way it's shot. Just it just feels like a Ryan painting sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know I remember one of the first pieces of concept art that they released for Guardians Two was Andy Park with uh, all the Guardians fighting that big alien. Yeah, yeah, and then. Yeah. There's a shot right in the middle of that 
sequence in Guardians Volume Two, oh. where I'm like, that's ripped right from that's the keyframe. So cool. like, I it know looks, it looks exactly like it. It's so cool. I, I really, I, I really enjoy that when I see that up there, and sometimes um, even Black Panther, mm-hmm. one of our uh, uh, guys working with Steve Shirley, he he even noted, look at this. This is my keyframe. Look what they did. That mm-hmm. when the, the part, the burning of yes. the of the yeah. the. Heart-shaped, heart-shaped herb. herb. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty close. Yeah. Like, wow. I can't remember whose it was, but also somebody did the uh, keyframe of them coming off of when they first get back to Wakanda after they picked up Nakia. Um, it's a, after they're getting off of Black Panther's little Quinjet. It's T'Challa. Oh, I think Nakia, that was uh, Rodney. Yeah, Rodney did yeah, that. Yeah, so like you see that keyframe, and it looks exactly like yeah, you know, yeah. the shot is lined up very similar to that. So yeah. in, in a lot of ways, it's interesting. You guys aren't just designing... I mean, I, I don't want to take away credit from directors and cinematographers, yes, but yes, in, in, a lot, in a lot of ways, though, it does feel like sometimes you guys are the ones not just designing the looks, but pointing the camera, too. Yeah, that's what we do there. We're, we help the director visualize uh, what he has in mind. And, um, yeah, and I'm glad. Uh, and some some of them know exactly what they want, and they you know they mm-hmm. give, give us uh, clear direction and stuff. But, and sometimes they allow you to just uh, figure out stuff. Like uh, I, was, I was talking about this the other day on the – uh, ant-man the suitcase fight oh and, yes, yes yeah and then i had a chance to uh when i was doing that there was no nothing planned for that it's just a suitcase fight uh-huh. and and charlie Wen was still you know mm-hmm. with us that time and he told me just just do something cool something cool inside there so i was trying to figure out what's inside the suit it was it was difficult it was a difficult thing and and I, of course, I, that was just what my second film there, Guardians of the Galaxy. Then that was my second mm. film, and uh, the insecurity is still there. I don't know if they're gonna even like the stuff I do. <laughs> and then when Charlie came back saying, "Oh, they kind of like your um, that phone thing inside the thing," but I don't know if you could get you know the rights to do this kind of phone, uh, but but they love the idea. And then you know, but I didn't hear anything back of the. You know they did it or not or whatever, but when we watched the film and like, whoa, it's in there. there. It and even the way uh, the the blurry uh, the rack focus where mm-hmm. they zoom into them fighting, it's right? The same pose I had, and uh, it's it's awesome. Well, I'd yeah. imagine that that stuff that your work also gets shared with the you know the visual effects department and, know, and the and, editors and the, different, and the different vendors and everybody who gets involved with that to we, show like this is what we're. You know, this is what we're shooting for yeah, in yeah. this scene, and I, I think that probably goes a long way with why things end up looking so much like it. But yeah. they would—they couldn't use your artwork as reference for that kind of shot unless it was actually set up like a cinematic shot. Yes, it wasn't we try just, our best to make it, it feel just a drawing. real, like uh, feasible. I guess mm-hmm. um, I had a f- uh, John. How can I forget? My sister is friends with the editor of. Of uh, Ant Man, mm. Levinston, I think I forget his last name. Sorry, um, but he's the one who told me confirmed that one of my pieces was on their wall. It was uh, um, um, Ant Man feeding sugar water to one of the ants. Oh yeah, yeah, and they said they really liked that, so they it, it, they incorporated that in there. And he 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 told me that when when I talked to him, I was like, yeah, we had that up there, and then we had to make sure we we got that story part in there. So I actually affected the script. That's great. It's like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> You're making me reminisce. Like, think about. It's not even long ago. I've been here just five years, but the five yeah. years felt even faster. It's right. crazy. But that's half of it, though, because that's kind of what we've been doing on this 
uh, you know, on the podcast is we've been going through like this road to infinity war and going back yeah, through yeah. all the different movies. And, and so even though you've been there for five years, well, for Marvel studios, it's been 10. So you're yeah, there for, that's right. You know, you've been there for half of the movie. Cause I think guardians yeah. was the 10th movie. So, oh wow! So they had done My first movie. Yeah, they had done nine. Black Panther makes eighteen. So yeah, you've been there for <laughs> you've been wow. around for half of that them. That's crazy. So, you know when that when I was working in Guardians, people were when people asked me where are you working now. I'm at Marvel. Oh, what are you working on? Avengers? And I go, uh, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy. Oh, what's what's what? Guardians of the Galaxy? Uh, you don't know Guardians because I knew Guardians of the Galaxy because yeah. of the comic book. But yeah, I I was I was excited to work on it, but no one else knew what it was. Yeah, I mean. I I was not a huge Guardians fan from the comics. I knew who they were, yeah, you yeah, know, obviously, here. but I hadn't necessarily read, like, I wasn't fully read up on, yeah. on everybody, especially because the iteration of the team that they chose was fairly new. That was not the yes. original group. That was the group that came together uh, in 2008. See, that, I, the, the one I knew was Charlie 27. Yeah, Charlie 27, Martin Yandu, yeah. yeah, those are the, the ones The original from, like, 1969. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Years in the future or whatever. Yeah, like, so I was expecting to be drawing them when yeah. they got me on board, but it, it wasn't. there's Ro- Rocket, yeah, Groot, Rocket. Star-Lord. Groot, yeah, Groot, man. But th- I think one of my favorite things about what Marvel has done, and there's a lot of things that you could say to, you know, you know, show how successful Marvel Studios has been. But as a comic book fan and as a superhero fan, the thing that I point to the most is the way they've actually elevated characters. Yeah. Because if you look at, you know, there's other companies, and I know you can't say anything, but I can. (laughs) You know, there's other companies where the the same characters that are famous now are the same characters that have already been famous for decades, you know, like Batman, Superman. Yeah. You know, and, and even Wonder Woman, even though she just got her first movie, that was already a very popular, iconic character. But Marvel, uh, specifically Marvel Studios, with with this MCU, they've turned characters like Groot and Rocket, yeah. you know, characters that nobody had ever heard of, even Korg. Now they've turned these characters into household names, yeah, in a way that wow. I don't think anybody else has. And like we were mentioning, like I had mentioned before, with Okoye, like the fact that somebody like Okoye, who is a very minor supporting character in the comics, can now be featured right there with the Avengers in yeah. the, for in like the go home first trailer shot for the biggest Marvel movie of all time. Yeah. That's what really makes me that like that's what makes me so happy to be a fan of Marvel Studios and I gotta imagine you know it feels good being a part of that of taking these characters. It's almost like being able to like all the stuff that you always knew was cool your whole life, like yeah. you're finally able to share that with the rest of the world and they actually and they finally agree with you. Yeah. Oh man. That I I agree with <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> I don't know how they do it. It's just maybe just choosing the right directors, mm-hmm. directors that are really thoughtful, and and having a good. Um, sometimes I think of Kevin Feige like a like an art director almost. You know, mm-hmm. making sure everyone sees uh, looks at, at the same uh, uh, road. Mm-hmm. I guess, and, and he's a big Marvel fan, so he wants to keep everything like close to how the comic books are, mm-hmm. the way the characters are in the comics to keep that kind of personality still even in the movies. And maybe that's what's nice about Marvel characters. They, there is always something relatable to them, you know. Uh, and, and they got weaknesses. And right. They, you know, so in their trials, uh, just like how Spider-Man, mm-hmm. Homecoming, you know, that they didn't even do um, a... a they didn't do an origin story, they right? To, yeah. they don't have to, because you know they already know. People already know about that. Right. And the introduction in Civil War was like, 
it's just it, it just feels like a comic book, right? Uh-huh. Uh, you have cameos and stuff, and it's like, right. uh, yeah, that's that's how when I was younger, like, why don't they do it this way? And now we are. We're doing well, yeah, because that was the beauty of a comic book is even no matter who your favorite character was, my favorite Marvel character when I was growing up was Hulk. But you, yeah, never, I but love Hulk too. it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter like when you're buying Hulk every month, like you never know who's gonna pop up. Yeah, and you also like I used to always track down whenever Hulk was appearing in somebody else's book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, like, yeah, and that's how like when you're a kid you run out of money real quick because like in Marvel they could pop up anywhere Man. at any time. When but... the Avengers and Hulk were fighting each other yeah. <laughs> with Wonder Man, and that's really I don't know it's in '97 or something. Oh nine, wait, no, that's older than that. I think so. Yeah, yeah with yeah. Doc, I mean, Doc Samson. Yeah, I mean, Hulk's always been kind of the bad guy of the Avengers. I mean, they fight him in yeah. the comics a lot. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And they do in the very first Avengers movie. The first yeah. thing Hulk does is fight Thor. Or fight, you know, tries to like chase down Black Widow and then fights Thor. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's right. But I, I, yeah. I think what's great about what Marvel has done is they, they, they hit on that relatability that's always kind of been there for Marvel characters. And yeah. I think that's the they these movies stay very true to the spirit of that because I think. Another big difference is that I've noticed is the way people talk about Marvel characters. People don't necessarily, when they're talking about the MCU, you don't hear them say, you really don't hear them say Iron Man or Captain America nearly as much as you hear them say Tony and Steve. Yeah. Like they talk about yeah. them as, they talk about these characters as people they know. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to you like know, just the big icons that they're just say, staring I, at. That is right. I, I guess I didn't really notice that, but yeah, I think so. I think these. They say their names more than who they are. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, that's, that's, cool. that's what's most interesting about them is, you know, it's who these people are on, Even on Black the inside. Even Black Panther, T'Challa. Right, T'Challa, yeah. Right. And Okoye. You don't well, call them Dora. Yeah, exactly. I mean, she is a, she is Dora Milaje, but, yeah, you're always going to know her more yeah. as, as Okoye. So, yeah, I think that the way... I, mean, I don't know that you can ever have Spider-Man be more pop, be less popular than Peter as a name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but even then, there's still like you still see a lot more like Tom Holland just as Peter Parker. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously he's great as Spider-Man, but yeah. what what worked for me so much in Civil War the first time we saw him in the role is that first scene, you know, in the apartment with uh, Peter Parker and Tony Stark, and like Tom Holland walks in, and you're just like instantly like. Yeah, that guy's Peter Parker, and he always has been. Like you just feel that's why you don't need the origin like. Everything yeah. you know about Peter Parker, you can just put right into put that right, portrayal, yeah. and it just yeah. looks and it just works. It's like the decision making on that is. So I trust that working there, you just trust. Yeah. Like the the producers, they do really a good job on that stuff. Yeah, because you guys have a lot of great. I mean, Kevin Feige obviously gets a lot of attention, but you have yeah. Ludi Esposito, Vic, yes, yes. Victoria Alonso. As a uh, as Ryan Coogler put it, I was at the Black Panther press conference, and then people like tweeted it out, and it was everywhere because he said, you know, working at Marvel, it's basically working with Kevin and his two friends, yeah. <laughs> Lou and Victoria. Yeah. Um, it's amazing to see, but they all obviously Nate Moore as Nate, an executive producer yeah, on really Black cool. Panther. Like you see a lot of the same names popping up over and over again. And I know because yeah. Marvel's, you know, able to. But you see, the reason you see these same names is because the movies are working, so everybody gets to do gets more jobs and gets, gets more work jobs, out of yeah. it. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see the way that it's grown. So, like, how do you? I guess now that you've done so many so many movies and you've you know been here for five years, and I mean, obviously, I don't, I can't imagine there's anywhere else you'd want to work, but that's just me as yeah. a Marvel fan. Yeah, <laughs> um, there's no other place. I, I have my perfect job now. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even know where else you can go because there's not, uh, in terms of the way the way Marvel does this with their visual development team, I don't really think anybody else does it 
quite this way. I mean, every yeah. I think a lot of jobs in film, are, especially yeah, yeah, in film, a lot of jobs are are kind of freelance. Like they bring in concept artists specifically for a project. Yeah, they don't have uh, a lot of full time staff just churning out ideas because I think yeah. that's the other thing that that's really interesting is, and I know you don't have to share anything that you can't, but I know from talking with Andy and Ryan and some of the other artists that you know sometimes you guys are without you guys are working on stuff that you know like you said with jackson with black panther like it's just barely like a kernel of an idea right now it's not even you know it's not something that's definitely going to happen but marvel is constantly developing this ip so that they're ready so that that way when a script when a good script finally comes in so i think that's part of what's the you know the benefit of when of for marvel and why these movies are so good is because you guys are developing them like constantly to try yes. and to until you get to the best idea. Yeah, that's pretty much how it goes over there. Yeah, <laughs> you have it right. Um, uh, uh, what was I gonna say? No, I can't say anything. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's how it, that's how it is. When it's not too busy, that's what we do. And now, but now with I think with more movies, that's uh, every year is is getting busier, and we do hire out freelance guys to right. come in. Uh, but it's guys that we know that have the same sensibilities as yeah. us so to, yeah. to maintain the quality yeah but you've always got your core you've still got a core yes, of guys yeah. who are who are always there always and i think there. and i think that makes a huge difference because that's yeah. where you have you have a consistent vision yes and then you know of course you then of course you guys can then take that with the freelancers that you work with to make sure that they're going to yeah. work within what you guys are what you guys are doing so in terms of workflow, though, because you guys mm. are obviously busier now, Marvel used to make one to two movies a year. Now it's three. Yeah. Now that they've proven they can release a movie <laughs> in February, I think maybe they'll bump it up to four at some <laughs> point. I don't know. <laughs> so how many, yeah. I mean, on any given day, like how many movies are you potentially working on? Uh, well, sometimes I am working on the most was three movies at mm-hmm. the same time um, when, when needed. Uh but most of the time, it's just one one movie for maybe eight months or something. Uh, and between those eight months, maybe there's a month where I'm working on two, mm-hmm. uh, depending on w- what they need, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's usually w- what happens. Since you're working on multiple movies at once, like, is that ever hard because like as an artist i gotta think you're totally getting your like if you're working on thor mm, ragnarok I know, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. i'm totally getting dialed into asgard or sakar or yes. wherever it is you're going and now it's like so yesterday i spent all day in asgard today i gotta go over to wakanda yeah. <laughs> like how is like how does that challenge you interest in terms of music yeah because like yeah. because you're also as you mentioned before like the tones of movies can change. Well, especially when you're yes, going from one yes. movie to another one, Ragnarok and Black Panther are two very different movies. Yeah. So in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is a very different movie from Black Panther and, and Ragnarok. So what is that experience like as an artist of having to get your head into one space and then the next day yeah. you might have to go to a completely different side of the Marvel it's, Universe? It's really fun. It's, 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 uh, it just makes things exciting. You, you, you get to play in different uh, sandboxes. Uh-huh. Right? Oh, but... Most of the time, but sometimes when the design is difficult, then then it it is hard, it is tiring, right, for your mind to go from something that's more like a comedy and um, uh, design sense needs to be pushed further, and mm-hmm. then you go into Wakanda and and things have have to not be so 
uh, wacky. Yeah. You know, it has to be like real world and very serious kind of tone. Um, uh, but that's why we've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. So it, it's it's easier, not easy. I can't say it's easy. It's it's still difficult, but we know the difficulties and we know how to tune our mind to get to the 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 mindset we need to mm-hmm. get to. I think that's what's good about this team. It's um, y- you could adjust pretty pretty well yeah. to what you need to do. Um, but I know back when I used to when I just started it, it's hard it's hard to just go you almost like can't do it <laughs> you know right. like, um, and I know most of the Disney artists they're um, I used to want to be working at Disney before mm. like for the cartoons and stuff and one of the prerequisites for them is to be able to do different styles uh, multitude of different styles mm. so that's one of the things I practiced before mm. on trying to do that um, and I think it helped it helped me through the years to get to the point I am now. But of course, it's a blend of that exercises plus my love already for comics. That's just you know just just puts me in that zone already. Um, so yeah, no, I like it. Yeah. You mentioned <laughs> I like before. It. I mean, you had your favorite characters, you know, from the comic books when you were growing up. But do you have? Do you have characters that are new favorites now? Like after you had a chance to work on them, well, maybe, Groot. Yeah, they, maybe like you weren't the, the biggest fan of as a kid, but now they're oh, they're just right up there with Black your favorites Panther. from the comics. Definitely, Black Panther was. I, I drew Black Panther before uh, when I was like sixth grade. Mm. Him and Wolverine. I would draw them fighting each other. <laughs> but I'm a Wolverine fan, so Wolverine would win most of the time. Uh, so, but uh, adamantium versus vibranium. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a tough guy, and uh, um, but yeah, he's one of my favorite. And then of course the Dora Milaje has become my favorite because mm-hmm. I found out who they were. I didn't know about mm-hmm. them before. Um, and uh, who else? Um, well, it's Black Panther because it's the most recent thing yeah. I've seen. But Infinity War is coming up, you know. And um, you know what? I, I would say I like Captain America now too. Than before, when I was younger, I wasn't. Uh, right. I would read Avengers, but I was on the X Men side, so I'm more of an X Men fan. Mm-hmm. I know the Avengers could totally beat the X Men. There was a comic issue right. like that, right? Yeah, Avengers versus X Men. Yeah, AVX, that was uh, just, 2012. Yeah, like that one or Daredevil was one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. before, and I even liked him more after the TV show came out. And Punisher was another favorite. Um, uh, in Daredevil Born Again there's that one scene or uh, one page where Captain America comes in mm-hmm. and, and he was going to talk to Daredevil but he was so much faster than Daredevil and right. Thor comes in and then you know so to show that Daredevil is just really a man and right. that's one of the reasons why I started kind of liking Avengers again but for the movies definitely um yeah, Black Panther became a favorite. Ant-Man, of course. Ant-Man's right. another one that I don't really know much about. And mm-hmm. then after the movie, I, I grew to like yeah. it more. I think that's the beautiful thing about Marvel is they've elevated so many characters in the minds of like people who never read yeah. comics. But even those of us who read Marvel comics, like we have characters now that are our favorites that weren't our yeah. favorites when we were originally... Uh, they know how to choose. Yeah. They just choose the most, like, okay, these guys are not popular. We'll make them... You know, iconic. And well, they just believe. I, I think that you know, f- 
Kevin Feige and everybody else, like you know, somebody who just believes that these characters have stuck around for a reason. Even if they, yeah. even if you don't like necessarily understand on the surface why, then it's like let's just try to dig into it and find out why, and then let's yeah. just try to share that in a way that you know everybody else can can relate to. Yeah, and I think I'm so impressed about is how they planned everything out, like. Mm-hmm in sequence and what to do first what to do which characters will come to phase one phase two phase. right it's like this it's just like a big strategic it's like a, a master plan yeah. so as as somebody who not as somebody who's been who may or may not be working on it but as somebody as a fan though like yeah seeing all these pieces come together for infinity war and then of course avengers 4 and, and everything to try to, to like wrap up these first three phases yeah. of the marvel cinematic universe how do you feel about that right now? Because fans are just, like, out of their minds. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you – I mean, I'm sure you – obviously, you saw the trailer, but I don't know if you saw the reaction of the way it got 230 million views in its very oh. first day. Like, it set a new that's record. Like, that's insane. So just seeing the kind of – the excitement that's clearly out there for did Infinity War. Did it beat War. Thor? Yeah, yeah. It did. I remember because I remember Thor was the most – Thor was the most for Marvel. Yeah. And then, but, uh, but it actually had the record. The new It movie had the record of like 190 million. In oh, its first wow. Thor, Thor Ragnarok was like 130-something. And oh. then, yeah, It had like 190, and then Avengers oh, yeah. blew that out of the water with 230. <laughs> I didn't know that. So, like, seeing – you know, just seeing that type of reaction to it. But for you, like, as yeah. a – you know, not as an artist, but as just as a fan. Like, how do, how do you feel now with Infin- like Infinity War finally about to come out? Plus, they moved it up a week, so that is crazy. Yeah, I know. Man, I, I, no words. I I just I'm just happy to be part of it. You know, grateful that um, I came in five years ago and even got to work on Infinity War. Um, yeah, nothing. I'm just happy. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It's like this happiness. Ah, I think that's. I think that's pretty much how everybody feels. Well, yeah. Anthony, I really do appreciate you taking the time to uh, to join us. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, your work. For your me. work is amazing, and we appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much. Our thanks once again to Anthony Francisco for joining us on the Marvel Studios News podcast. And if you'd like to keep up with Anthony, you can do so on Twitter at SketchPaintDraw. You can also find him on Instagram where he shares a lot of his work at Anthony underscore Francisco underscore art. So make sure you check out all of his stuff over there. He's really, really talented. and He's also been sharing a lot of his concept art from the Dora Milaje in Black Panther uh, on his Instagram account. So make sure you go and check all of that out. And then keep up with all of us at marvelstudiosnews.com and on Facebook at Marvel Studios News and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. You can also keep up with me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber, Sean spelled S-E-A-N. And if you want even more content from this podcast, not necessarily this episode, I've shared the entire interview with Anthony Francisco, but if you just want more audio content from Marvel Studios News, you can find all of that at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News if you become one of our patrons. So for Marvel Studios News, I am Sean. Thank you as always for downloading our show and we'll see you next time. 